guys, welcome back to Up Next on Tap, where we drink a beer each episode and talk about the creative and entertainment industry. Today, we have a lot of topics to talk about relating to finding a creative path, but first, we are going to introduce our beer. We've got another Kroger special. This is a hoppy wheat um, from Boulevard Brewing Company. What do you say we crack it open? By the way, it is 2 p.m., so we should subtitle this episode Day Drinking. Day Drinking. That's one thing we didn't think about when we designed a podcast around drinking. It was like, oh, our schedule's kind of weird tomorrow, but we need to record. We can just wake up and do it. Uh, Maybe not. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, she's going to spill. Oh, she spilled. Look at that pour, though. I mean, wow, I, know, like- I know you can't see it. Your typical... That's like what you see in a commercial. commercial when where they, you pour yeah. the beer just too much. Where it's like, enjoy a nice cold... And they like slam it down on the table and the head like rolls over. No, uh, Yeah, actually we do. Let me pour mine real quick. Okay. We're pretty morning people, so we were going to get up. We're pretty much morning people because I work in the morning. I used to work at a coffee shop, so we're used to getting up pretty early. And I like to be productive in the morning, but unfortunately, we can't actually record in the morning unless we feel like drinking in the morning, which I guess can be fine on certain circumstances. You know, Depends it's what we have going anywhere. on for the rest of the day. <laughs> but, I don't have a problem with you know day drinking like lunch or whatever, but I don't know if I would want it with my breakfast or not. Well, the thing but is, this is a beer podcast. We're not is. drinking mimosas, so you can't well, really. Yeah, yeah, that would feel like a cop out. If you guys have any favorite breakfast beers? Let us know because <laughs> we may need some at some point. You could enjoy a nice oatmeal stout, perhaps. That is true. <laughs> Put I'm it in go your get oatmeal. Something to clean up. Okay. Courtney, spill. Yeah, things you don't think about. Spilling beer. <laughs> On the podcast. We'll have to when we ask people to to be guests. We'll have to. Like if their schedules don't work super well, we'll be like, well, are you okay with day drinking? <laughs> you okay with day drinking? Come over at lunch. So when it comes to beer, my favorite beers are typically stouts and porters. And I'm really into sour beer right now. So this being a hoppy wheat, I don't know. But it only has 16 IBUs. It's good. So no, it's not too bitter at all. It shouldn't really be. Why is it called hoppy wheat then? It's not very hoppy. That's a weed that but it's is not somewhat, very it's not an IPA, I mean. So today we're talking about why we chose a creative path and yeah, more just, what creative paths we Yeah, chose. more of what creative path we chose and how we got to where we are today and where we see ourselves going from here. So, kind of to start this off, um I will talk about my college journey and how I started Way back when, I started at a private university in music business because my dream was to open up a music venue. Turns out that wasn't the case. I really liked computers, even though I did horrible in my first computer science class at Anderson, which Anderson University in Indiana was the school that I attended, not mm. South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Can you can you just quickly rattle off the different, uh, different majors, majors and maybe like where you the different schools you've attended i started with music business in the music school and i didn't like that very much because it was more performance based so it required me to take lessons so i took like classical guitar and i had to do choir and all that fun performance type stuff and so i was like screw this man i'm not gonna be a performer so i switched to music business in the business school then I still didn't like all the music classes that were involved, so I switched to marketing, hated marketing, switched to management, and then I was like, you know what? 
I don't want to attend Anderson anymore. So I transferred <laughs> schools to Indianapolis University, Purdue University, IUPUI down in downtown Indianapolis. And I did tourism conventions and event management because they had a Forgot venue. About that one. Yeah, they had a venue management section. So it wasn't very broad. It was very narrow to the specific thing that I wanted to do. But at the time, I still lived in Anderson. So I was commuting an hour and like three times a week for class and I hated tourism and that was like the whole first semester and I was like man this sucks <laughs> so again I was like you know what I at the time I was working full-time at a small roastery in Anderson I was I don't know if I was already the assistant manager I got promoted to be the assistant manager and I just really liked working so I decided to transition to an online school and the easiest one to transition pretty fast was through Indiana University so I went to IU online and just took regular business just because it was one of the things that they offered that a lot of my credits would transfer to and from there I worked in the coconut oil industry eventually ended at Starbucks um, I transitioned jobs about once a year so when I got to hopefully Starbucks, not anymore yeah, no. when I got to Starbucks they actually pay for Arizona State um, if you guys know anything about their college tuition program it is awesome and I have been at Arizona State ever since then one of our cats is begging to get down into the basement currently you guys, you guys can't hear that but the cat was there so now I'm at Arizona University it's very distracting. <laughs> I'm studying graphic information technology with two focuses in web development and marketing. And oh, what are they doing? And this so isn't just going to be a podcast about college, but I'd like you guys to know the journey that I've been through because <laughs> right now I am a full-time software engineer. I'm studying graphic information and technology with two focuses in like web development and marketing. For software engineering because I don't and believe fully that doing? college is the answer for everything. And this isn't just going to be a podcast about college, but I'd like you guys to know the journey that I've been through because right now I am a full-time software engineer. I took a semester off this past January to go to like a immersive bootcamp program for software engineering because I don't believe fully that college is the answer for every single, um, every single job that you may want like of course if you're a nurse or a doctor like you're going to need a college degree but being like in the creative industry like a software engineer a game developer an artist like you don't always need college as long as you know the techniques and um what am I trying to say because like design and stuff like that like a lot of the stuff you can learn on YouTube but you're not going to get the same thing um, like principles out of a classroom like you may learn more about the way to design and design principles and critiquing and stuff like that that you may not get out of YouTube videos. So maybe something like what I did was go to a 12-week boot camp where I'm able to immerse myself in what I'm trying to learn for a short amount of time. It was 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. And I kind of forgot to tell you guys why I switched from music to computers, but I realized that I really like seeing the end goal whenever I finish something. So being a front end developer, I was able to get my creative side out and design things and also feel like I'm working my brain with programming. So I'm constantly learning something new, which is always something that I struggled with was being comfortable. And I never like to be comfortable. 
So always trying to stay out of that comfort zone. So I'm always pushing myself to do new things, talk to new people. And that's kind of why I like engineering because there's always something new to solve, something new to learn, some new tool. I have a question for you. Um, Do you feel like where you've landed with your, with your career choice that like you have an outlet to be creative at work? Um, I mean, yes and no. I think it's a different way because at work, you know, they tell me what to do. There's not really anywhere sure. where I can be like, oh, I want this button to be pink because I really like pink or this, you know, the things that I have control over, like the animations or stuff like that. So sure. in a do, job sense, I do feel like as a like software engineer, you know, programming, sorry, is that the right word to use? <laughs> yes, I'm an engineer. I feel like what you do, though, you I mean, you are physically creating something. I am creating something. It's based on a framework mm-hmm. that you've been told by someone else, but. You know. Yeah, it's just the process of like working on it and then seeing the finished product. You know, there's some sort of, like some sense of pride in seeing that finished product that you worked so hard on. Yeah. Um, I just it. think like after you explaining all the different things that you've done over the years and paths you've wanted to take and hopping from one to another, it seems like eventually you kind of whittled it down to something that is in mm-hmm. its like barest form, like creative. Like you are creating a program telling you know computer code which is kind of funny because i you know when you grow up you're always like what nerds right like people who work on computers but we're getting to this day and age where technology is taking over like with ai um with ar (coughs) augmented reality so many all the acronyms uh, all the acronyms you know and we're just getting to that point where technology is very important and it's always going to keep growing the biggest thing now is just getting more women involved because the tech field is very men very yeah is very dominated dominated by male males yeah so this creative path that i chose isn't really the typical like art or photography or video or whatnot even though what we're doing right now this podcast is technically a creative outlet but there are a lot more creative paths than just what you may think when you first think of the creative industry. You know, there's so many things that go behind the scenes that may put you in the industry, but maybe not necessarily that first um, thing that people think of when they think of, oh, I want to be in the art industry. Like you may be a art historian and that's your creative way to, you know, show off your talents. Yeah. And I think there's, there's some commonality between amongst creatives, like even like, you you are able to be somewhat creative at work, but you always hunger to do something else. There's always that like wish to to still like to come home and to start a podcast, like mm-hmm. we have done here. Right. Yeah. Well, why don't you talk about your journey a little bit? I know you stayed at one university, but right. Well. <laughs> and I've... what do you feel about college? Let's. Sure. Um, I was always very narrow-minded growing up. Um. I'll talk a little bit about my upbringing here, but my parents saw at a very young age that I was seemed to be rhythmically inclined, you know, the mm-hmm. cliche banging on pots and pans and whatnot. But one Christmas they got my brother a real guitar because he'd expressed interest in learning guitar. Mm-hmm. And because they didn't want me to feel left out, I was five years younger. They got me this cheap little plastic drum kit, you know, oh, cute, the kids are in a band, you know. Right, right. Um, <laughs> and the funny part was TJ was like, 
my brother. He was like nervous. He was like, didn't want to touch the guitar. And I was wailing on this little drum kit, you know, little five-year-old me so much so that I busted through it. And then they had to go get me like a real, like nicer. Like that day? Yeah. Christmas morning. Yeah. Playing the drum kit, busted one of the drum heads and started bawling my eyes out, you know. Anyways, <laughs> Cause you ruined I tell toy. this cute little story to say that my parents have always harbored my creativity in that way. Like even as a young kid, like I had a drum set and they, you know, they took me to lessons and let me practice and bang on the drums and make all this noise in the house like mm-hmm. throughout my time growing up right um but I like fell so hard into that because I started at such a young age but like anytime anybody would ask me the question what do you want to be when you grow up I want to be a drummer I want to do music you know I'd never ever changed from you that. never wanted to be an astronaut no or... I wanted to be a veterinarian because I love little animals sure yeah but anyway <laughs> <laughs> keep going but um yeah, I just, I always stayed super narrow-minded, and for some reason, like, I thought somehow, like, I'm going to make it as a drummer one of these days. I never never thought about the how. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when it came around college time, when I was finishing up high school, I started looking for music programs, and, you know, I fell upon the same university that you started at, uh, which is actually how we met. Cute story. But. Actually, just to pause you for a second, sure. we actually met at a music business camp Mm -hmm. a year prior to you starting so it was my junior year of high school that summer going to my senior year Mm -hmm. and it was your the year like the summer before you started so we were like acquaintances kind of like we had each other on facebook as friends so basically it was a week-long camp at this university that we both went to and it was an awesome it's an awesome camp and it just both it made us both want to attend this university for music for the purpose of how good the camp was yeah and then when we both got to university i was a year younger and so you were a sophomore i was a freshman yeah and then we talked for a week and started dating oh okay keep going <laughs> anyways uh yeah so i ended up at that university which i don't i don't think we've named it yet and i won't name it now because i did i said anderson okay like five times well not that i'm <laughs> part of the alumni association or anything but mm, looking back i don't I don't regret my time there. I just wish that I hadn't paid so much money essentially just to meet people. And like basically my four years at college were just networking in a sense. Yeah. Like, do you feel like you would have gotten more drum experience from going to like Juilliard or uh, some New York school? I don't know about other like more highbrow. I don't mean to say highbrow, but that's more like well-known music schools. The thing for me was I, my experience behind the drum kit was going like I was in a band with my dad. We played cover songs, mm-hmm. you know, playing a drum kit to cover songs in a grungy bar is a lot far cry from like sitting down with a snare drum and learning this marching piece. Or your, what was that thing called? The do, 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 do. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So the marimba. I, yeah. So part yeah. of my requirements was to take like X amount of private lessons. So I had, you know, percussion ryan you know growing up banging on drums i was taught to play as loud as i can and i have to learn this four mallet marimba piece i loved the marimba. And i would have to like perform it in front that like i got through it but that was i hated it like having right, like, it's not people your thing. sit there listen to me and judge me and like decide whether or not i pass a class well oh, i hate it so much it's like taking english when you're an art major or something like that yeah like it's it's <laughs> music and it's percussion yeah. but it's so far out of the realm of what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but I stuck with it. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I become very complacent. So I was just like, I'm here. I don't want to transfer 
to a different school or do anything. And I had friends there, so I stuck with it. I finished True. early because I was ready to get out of there. Um, where am I going with this? <laughs> <laughs> you were harping on the school about the music business. So you graduated in 20... December of 2016. 2016, so it's been... 15, out. yes. Was 2015. It? I've been out of school for a hot minute, and I still don't have my shit together, so... So, but, <laughs> so you graduated in December, and then shortly after that, you left on a cross-country road trip tour yeah, with a so, band that you got a gig with. So talk about, like, how you came upon the band, um, and what it was like to make the decision to do the tour and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, so this, like I said... You know, I don't regret my time going to college because of the people that I met and the opportunities that I got from those people. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like I learned a whole lot, per se, <laughs> from the classes and stuff yeah, that you yeah. have to take. Um, you can kind of pick up where we both stand on university and college. Woo. Um, <laughs> but anyways, one of those people that I met, he was actually an adjunct professor of, of a class that I took senior year. Which and was, he'll probably be on this podcast eventually. Yes, he I don't he think will. we've talked to him yet, but anyways, um, he was an adjunct professor for a concert booking and touring. I don't remember the exact name of it, but it was like a class that was offered for my major that was like super cool. Like it wasn't classical marimba, you know, it was something I was actually interested in mm-hmm. and it was a really cool class, but he was this dude who had been doing it. Like he got out of college and just got in the van and left and started playing shows. So I got to know him through that class and through some other friends at the school. Um, and they needed a drummer. His brother had been his drummer for a while, and his brother was kind of like ready to do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, I knew him through that class. We started talking after class and everything. And eventually he's like, hey, I want you to audition. I want you to come play in the band. And now what was the audition like? So did you have to learn? Do you remember? You know... So one of the other guys in the band was like a close friend of mine. Mm-hmm. I don't really think... Did I never actually had like, like a, a formal, formal audition. audition. It was, this is like a good example of like good networking and word of mouth. Like this guy was like, oh yeah, Ryan's a good drummer. He's good. And right. Joshua was like, uh, oh, his name's Joshua. <laughs> he was like, yeah, come on board. You know, like he talked to me, I expressed interest and mm-hmm. then we just started rehearsing. I guess if I had sucked in the rehearsal process, they probably would have been like, <laughs> oh, okay, maybe Nick's this guy. I thought you said he was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess in that way I felt, happy and successful with college in a way because right out of college I was leaving to go on this huge cross-country tour Mm -hmm. I'm talking six to eight shows per week Mm -hmm. going like we went we started in Indiana and we went east Mm -hmm. all the way to the east coast New York City and all this stuff over there and then we had like a week off and then we got back in the van and we went all the way to California we did LA San Diego you know yeah. Name and everything in between, which is a lot. Right. Um, so, yeah, at the, at the time, it felt like a dream come true. Like, what more could I ask? I'm mm-hmm. playing drums in dingy bars like I talked about earlier. Like, this is my element. This is mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. Uh, long story short, it was just, it became too much at a time. Like, the six to eight show a week, kind of having to just drop everything to be able to hop in a van, you know, whenever shows were there. Right. Didn't well, line up with my lifestyle goals at the time and we were but, planning a wedding because you proposed yeah. in april and you left before i in left May. For three months <laughs> yeah 
So, and then once you got back, you still did a lot of shows with them, but you quickly realized that maybe you didn't like being gone for months at a time, especially not right now in life or right then in life. Yeah. I still had a lot to figure out. You know, Mm -hmm. did I really want to do this? Do I want to be a touring musician? Do I want to try to pursue like a more studio, you know, session player sort of thing? Yeah. We didn't have a house or anything yet. So it was also like, we were trying to figure out life together. Yeah. Um, I was going to go somewhere with that. I would say, though, like at the time that I was in the band, it certainly felt like I didn't feel the need to find creativity elsewhere, mm-hmm. you know, in rehearsals. And like Joshua was writing new music and he kind of let me and, and some of the other guys in on that process and like right. how it should come together as a full band. So, like, you know, I was fulfilled at that time. But once that ended, I suddenly found myself just like empty, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just fell into the cycle of not really doing anything. And that's eventually how I came to the YouTube channel that I talked about in the last episode. But to kind of pause on that and um, talk about kind of about the connections that we make and kind of lead into another segment of it's not what you know, it's who you know. And people probably hear that all the time, especially in the industry that we're in. Um, And I really think that's true. Like it's not really about what you know because If you know one thing, you can learn something else. Like take programming, for instance. If you know one language, you can easily learn another. Same thing with instruments. For the most part, if you know guitar, you can learn bass. You know what I mean? Sure. Like there's the similarities to like something where it's like you can learn how to talk to people and stuff like that. But if you don't have good connections, if you don't make a good name for yourself, it's really hard to get where you are. And I think that's how you got your gig was because you knew people. Mm -hmm. And as soon as something came available, they knew who you were and they knew how talented you were. And that was kind of it. Same thing with like my job that I got. Like luckily I met someone through 1150, which is this boot camp that I attended. And they helped me get the job that I have today. And if I didn't have them, if I didn't feel confident reaching out on LinkedIn, like I don't think I would have... I don't think I'd be where I am today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you know, the very, the original bass player that was in the band when I joined has since left and has then become a singer songwriter. And now I'm playing a show with him next week. So Mm -hmm. there's a good example of networking there. Yep. So it's all about connections who, you know, try to get to know people in the industry that you want to be in, reach out to them. I know a lot of people are very open, even though it, Maybe a little scary at first, especially if like you're wanting to get an internship somewhere, whether it be in the creative industry or, you know, even just like a marketing gig, like reach out to people on LinkedIn. Um, It still is a thing, even though people try to, you know, dismay it. Like they just try to push it to the side. LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely like I always recommend LinkedIn to try and find new connections. Or if you see someone's connected to someone that you know, ask them for an introduction. It's a really good way to meet new people and kind of just get your name in the ring when something might come up, you know? Yeah. I feel like LinkedIn is a good example of what we talked about in the last episode. I like certain, uh, like certain jobs kind of live better better in different social medias if i guess you would call linkedin a social media but i feel like for you the connectivity of programmers and coders is like perfect world for linkedin well but even other jobs around there so i both ryan and i used to work at old national center which is a live nation venue in downtown indianapolis we worked there for about two years and i was 
doing a whole bunch of jobs with them at some point, but I was really interested in merchandise and being a touring um, merchandise manager for a long time. And I went on LinkedIn and I connected with other merch managers from like Warner and other, you know, music agencies and stuff like that. And I feel like a lot of people are on LinkedIn and they post updates like if they ever need people. And it's just a good way to share content because the the way that the algorithm works on LinkedIn is like the opposite of Facebook or Instagram. You share something, someone likes it, it gets she- it gets seen by their friends like right away. Whereas when you share content on LinkedIn or Facebook asking for things, you don't always get your content out there like to the people that you want. Like LinkedIn is more like business professionals. Facebook is more for like friends and family. So I almost feel like if you're posting about a job or like you have a opening in your band or whatever, like you might have a better, you might have a better success rate on LinkedIn if you're connected to the right people because they're going to share them with their friends. And then more than likely you guys will all be in the same industry. So you can trust, you know, those connections are true and not just like a random person. It's certainly something that I've overlooked since I got the first whatever i don't remember where it came from but like so and so connected yeah. with you on linkedin make a profile like in college when uh, they make okay. you set up your linkedin yeah yeah i still get the emails but i don't even think i have a picture on my profile so mm. I slacking. Use, yeah um six or seven now but uh, <laughs> i can talk around about the second point So this kind of leads us into our last segment that we're going to talk about today about choosing something that works for you. You may see something that you may want to try, such as, you know, videography, music photography. Maybe you want to start streaming on Twitch because you really like to game, but you're nervous. You're not sure if someone's going to watch it or whatever. But I always say as long as one person sees your content, comments on it, likes it, like that's all you need it's all the affirmation you need to know that what you're doing is right. And I think I talked mm-hmm. about this kind of in the last episode, but choosing something like doesn't mean that you have to stick with it. I, for one, a lot of people know that I'm very indecisive. So I go back and forth on a lot of different hobbies. <laughs> That's actually one of the things that my maid of honor at my wedding said about me was how indecisive I am. But the one thing I stuck on, stuck with was you, um, <laughs> as I point to Ryan. So just because you choose something, like say you want to start some YouTube videos and you do it for a little while and you're not finding any success, doesn't mean that that's not for you. Maybe you just need to take a step back, look at it from a different perspective and also ask your peers, like ask your friends and your family, the people that you know that will be completely honest with you because they understand you as a person and maybe they understand the um, topic that you're trying to reach or the market or the audience that you're trying to market to. Like ask people for their opinions because they may help push you to that next level that you're needing. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add on? Um, so you mentioned last time you had done a 30 day vlog challenge oh, yes. on your YouTube. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's one example of choosing I, something and I hated it. I think I can glean the answer to this question by your reaction there, but um, did it begin to feel like a chore at any time? It did start to feel like a chore, and I don't even know if I finished the full 30 days. I think I did, like, 29 days. Oh, okay. Like, it was, like, <laughs> one day short. Yeah. Um, it did start to feel like a chore at some point, but you also want to push through things because when you start them, it's you don't want to just finish three days in because you're like, actually, like, you know, yeah. I don't really feel like doing so, this right now. Yeah, I definitely, th- I, th- I think you need to pick something, try it, 
and stick with it past that initial point of like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, like it takes 21 days to make a habit. I think that's like okay. the stat. Yeah. Because I was thinking, you know, I've, like I said earlier, I've been drumming my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I talked about in the last episode how I, like my YouTube channel has kind of just become stagnant. And, you know, I really, th- I think a lot of that might be because having to maintain and upkeep weekly drumming videos started to make this thing that I've always loved my entire life. It started to make that feel like a chore. Right. It's less of a hobby and more of something you're trying to start something with. Like I started to think in my head like, ugh, I don't feel like learning a song. I don't feel like going through this whole, you know, thing every time. And that's, that's sad. You start to get burnt out. Yeah. The fatigue Mm -hmm. is, is real. Uh, But you know, when it's something that you hold so dearly, that's been part of your identity for your whole life, that kind of sucks. So that's, part of the reason why my attempt at a YouTube channel kind of just fell off. But with that advice, I think I, I did stick with that. I mean, my YouTube channel has been live for a year and I had a good two or three months of pretty yeah, steady content. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to talk myself up, but I think I, I gave it a good shot is what I'm trying to say. And but in the like, end, it sort yeah. of seems like that wasn't quite the creative path for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so I, w- I would suggest if you get to that point, try something else. You yeah. and I right now, we're recording a podcast. Yeah. We're only on our second episode, you know, so maybe we haven't hit that initial point of like, eh, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But so far, I'm feeling pretty good about it. So, you know, yeah. just try different things and stick with it long enough to really give it an honest try, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you don't see immediate feedback or whatever, try not to let that get you down. But yeah, and two other points to add. One is to kind of schedule your time. I know there are some people who do really well with putting things in a calendar, writing to-do lists, and then there's other people that are like, they think they're better than that for some reason, and that, you know, that they're like, oh, I don't need a calendar for doing, like, this sort of creative thing. Like, it kind of depends, I guess. Guilty. Yeah, I guess it kind of depends on the outlet that you're going. Of course, if you're you don't really care about what you're doing like with YouTube or something. You're just posting a video once a month or something just whenever you feel creative. It's a lot different when you're like this. You're trying to start a podcast. You're trying to learn how to play an instrument. You're trying to write a blog post. It takes discipline. It takes discipline. So you need to make sure that you're staying ahead because as soon as you fall off that track, that's when it starts to feel like a chore. And I think that's what happened during my vlog challenge was I'd wait till you know, 7 p.m. and be like, shit, like I forgot to (laughs) record anything today and I'm supposed to put out a video once a day. So that and then the other thing that I wanted to kind of finish this podcast on, as long as you don't have anything else, is kind of when you're choosing a creative path, you need to choose creative friends. You need people who are in the same industry that'll help motivate you and that understand what you're going through because it's really hard when you have friends that aren't, you know, they're like, 26 they live with their parents they're not really doing anything and they're like why aren't you coming to hang out like I don't really understand why you just can't sit here and blah 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 blah. you know you need Mm. those kind of people that are hustling because as long as you have those people around you like you're going to continue to hustle you're not going to walk off the bandwagon walk fall off off the bandwagon (laughs) and I think that's important because here in a city it kind of makes it easier to stay like on that hustle because I mean, indie is definitely small, so I don't always feel like that I'm surrounded by people like that. But in a city like New York or Chicago or L.A., like when people do that for a living, 
like you like it's a hustle 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 like we got to keep going whereas like in small towns or maybe if you don't live in a city like you need to make sure that you're disciplined otherwise you will fall off that bandwagon you will fall off the horse and so just make sure you have people around you that are constantly supporting you and if you need any motivation just hit us up because we will gladly help you get through a rut if we can yeah yeah but i would say never never hesitate to reach out like i i can feel a little weird sometimes like finding someone online well you reached out not to keep rambling on this episode but you reached out when you were doing your youtube channel because of licensing yeah so you felt stuck and you didn't know like the answer to something so you went and reached out to random people and you actually got some responses yeah and that was super like outside of my comfort zone i tend to to be like in my head i think oh who am i this guy who has like thousands of subscribers on youtube he's never going to respond to me but i i got you know, a few people I didn't hear from, but I got responses from some pretty, you know, pretty big time drum cover YouTube guys. And yeah. it felt really cool. Like, And people want to help you more than you think. So Yeah. One in particular was much more helpful than others, but I got, you know. You got some good feedback though. Yeah. And that's all that matters. Like, don't be afraid to reach out. Reach out to us if you need any help or, you know. Yeah. It can be so hard along, to so. stay away from the toxicity of the internet sometimes which I think is what gives people a lot of hesitancy, but mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's all for today's episode. Don't forget guys, the show notes will be down below for anything that we've talked about during this episode. We also send out a weekly newsletter containing our show notes for the week, along with some of our favorite links and other things that we may have loved that week. Go ahead and go to our website up on tap.com to sign up for that season blog posts. And we are also on up up next on tap on all social medias <laughs> um you can also find us there go ahead and tweet us dm us on instagram you can also email us that'll be down below as well with our personal social medias if you want to stalk us instead of just the podcast but until next week guys where we talk about community gaming and twitch it's gonna be it. a lot of me talking <laughs> that episode yeah i'll have to prepare <laughs> quite a bit <laughs> All right, guys. Cheers. Cheers.